the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 29 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the ever-evolving shift in the messaging by sexual revolution. That's right, George. Uh, today we're going to unpack the most recent Sexuality Information and Education Council of the United States. Uh, that stands for, that's SECUS, mid-year's legislative report where this shift in messaging is subtle, but oh so clear. And that was a long name for an organization. <laughs> it sounds very official, doesn't it? It does, but parents note that it is not a government organization. Um, and so we wanted to spend some time giving you an introduction to, um, I think, two key founders uh, of this organization uh, that I think you'll find very fascinating. Um, so the very first one, Mark, I know we've mentioned this in the past, is Dr. Mary Calderon. Who, who was she? Well, Mary Calderon had been a medical director of another organization that is very involved with our public education system that is known as Planned Parenthood. Whoa. In fact, all these people sort of trafficked in the same circles. Of course, Margaret Sanger was the founder of Planned Parenthood. She was a uh, uh, reputed eugenicists that believed we need to call the racially unfit from society. And, of course, her and Dr. Mary Calderon were close colleagues in that organization. And uh, Mary Calderon split out and formed, along with some others, uh, SICAS. She was also a devotee of Albert Kinsey the pedophile who did sex experiments on young children for years. Yes. And there is one other uh, connection here to a person that probably most people don't know about, but they know of this person. And that's Hugh Hefner, yeah. the founder of Playboy. Uh, he was the one that uh, provided the seed money for Mary Calderon to start Seekus. 
And this happened back in 1964, a decade where so many changes happened in American culture and society. Uh, It's no surprise, George, that this is also the decade known as the sexual revolution. This is uh, when Woodstock occurred. So dramatic changes happened in America, including the formation of SICUS. And so imagine, parents, you're back in 1964, so almost 50 years ago. Yeah. And you boldly create an organization with this name. Uh, There is a a true mission and intent here behind it. Um, And uh, Mary Calderon thought that the real problem um, with, you know, America was its uh, puritanical and repressed approach to sexuality. Obviously, you you mentioned Mark, uh, Dr. Alfred Kinsey, who um, wrote about 15 years prior to this, the male report, the female report on sexuality. That's right. claimed that people are sexual from birth. Um, And so they wanted to change that mindset within America and how else you do it but education. Of course. And so that's why they started this. Now, there's one more... Um, founding board member that I wanted to mention here because I think it's very important as you're going to see the ever-evolving and shifting messaging of the sexual revolutionaries, it really ties into their worldview. Uh, And so even from back then, 50 years ago, this is a gentleman uh, by the name of Wardell Pomeroy, also one of Kinsey's disciples, um, and He was actually the former Kinsey Institute director. And Pomeroy believed that religious taboos were too restrictive and that society's entire belief system needed to be reconsidered or reconstructed. And what's interesting is 16 years later, uh, in 1980, Time Magazine article called Attacking the Last Taboo referred to Pomeroy as part of the, quote, pro-incest lobby And they quoted him in this article saying, quote, It is time to admit that incest need not be a perversion or a symptom of mental illness. Incest between children and adults can sometimes be beneficial. So, George, it's very important that uh, our listeners know the history of these organizations that have an asymmetrical influence over what kids are learning in our public school systems. SICUS is an enormous organization. Obviously, they've been around for, you know, 50-plus years. Um, They uh, are part and parcel with, with Planned Parenthood and other organizations like Advocates for Youth, and they're all on the same page. But SICUS is one of the more influential ones. Yes. SICUS and Planned Parenthood, I think, are the, the thousand-pound gorillas uh, in, in this sphere. And this is the, their worldview. The, they're, their world they're essentially view. paganists. Correct. So, parents, every year, SICUS comes out with a mid-year report and an end-year report. And you can find them on their website. Uh, it's just Google SICUS. Uh, legislative reports, and uh, it'll take you right there. Uh, I've been following their mid-year and end-year reports now for the last three and a half years, and uh, I thought it was uh, a much-needed thing to alert parents to new messaging that just came out in the 2021 mid-year 
report. And there are three themes that I think um, are just interwoven into this report, two of them which I have never seen before, Mark. Um, and I think one definitely has a silver lining to it. Um, the other one is just absolutely um, horrific. Um, so let's unpack the very first one. Uh, and I'll quote from page three of 45. Uh, it's just one sentence, but I think that this, uh, this says a lot. Quote, the infusion of new conservative hostility surrounding sex education is raising new awareness of the importance of local school boards and their influence on the curriculum being taught. Wow. That's amazing, George. So parents should be very encouraged by the fact that their um, voice in school board meetings uh, their appearances on a local and national news, the clarion call, the the raising of the banner of concern about what's being taught in our public schools, it's being noticed by the organizations who are pushing these agendas. And it's being noticed big time. We made it onto their radar. We did indeed. <laughs> now, it took uh, a couple of years, uh, but we are seeing more and more uh, people, but it, it, I, I, I go back to the word here: conservative hostility. They they are so clever. Um, so for for me, this first theme that I've now started to see uh, throughout this legislative report is that Secus is feeling the pushback from parents big time. Yeah, which is a very healthy event. So parents, please continue what you are doing. We are getting their attention, and they are starting to finally um, have to play defense. One of the things that I mentioned early on, and I think I I shared this idea uh, at some of our earlier conferences, we've been playing defense for so long. The other side has been on the offense with no defense out on the field, right? That's right. And so finally, we're putting up a stand and a wall um, of opposition that now they're detecting. And so parents, please, please, please continue doing what you are doing because it is working. Yes, this is not the time to back away and say, oh, it looks like we're, we're winning the battle. Far from it. The, the Really, it's just started, George. We need more and more parents to become involved in what their children are learning in the school system and push back on those terrible things that, that should be pushed back on because that's the only way in the end that we're going to win this battle. Yes, and, and I think this is also very hopeful if, if you know, maybe some of our listeners right now are for the first time uh, getting engaged and involved in something like this. And uh, this is like one of the first things that I experienced. It's that, that drinking from the fire hose uh, experience, right? You see big unions, you see big government, you see big tech against us, you, you see everything against us. And you're like, well, why should I even get involved? This is like a lost cause, lost war. But it's not. And the things that we have been doing are grabbing their attention. And so if you are contemplating entering the fight for the first time, 
uh, please do so and do so as quickly as possible. I, I couldn't agree more with that, George. You know, there's real strength in numbers. Um, and we know that you know, divided we fall, united we stand. And actually, parents should be very concerned, very uh, encouraged uh, mm-hmm. by this because they are now having to play defense. And so this is the time to get more involved, not shrink back. So what's the second theme now in this mid-year report? So this one is very troubling uh, because uh, there is a huge shift now uh, towards new boundaries for CSE. Um, Out of all of the, you know, the issues that we have to contend with as parents right now, uh, CSE or comprehensive sexuality education is the huge push by Seekers and Planned Parenthood. And, and let me read for you a quote here. It says, page 4 of 45. Without access to affirming reproductive health care providers, even the most comprehensive sex education, CSE, is limited in its impact. Hmm. Access to both comprehensive sex education and affirming reproductive health care work is critical for the work to support young people in making informed decisions about their sexual and reproductive health and future period. So they're tying together education and health care initiatives, but with an operative word, affirming reproductive health care. What does that mean? So now this gets you into the whole transgender craze. And if a child says that they're a boy, you need to affirm that they're a boy. If a child who says they're a girl, you need to affirm that if the, you know, if the child says, I'm neither, I'm, I'm agender, you need to affirm that. There is no questioning of one's own perceived identity. Um, but for me, this is also a huge piece of evidence about the incrementalism that Sikas over the last almost 50 years now has been pushing. Yeah, it's another word for the slippery slope. They, they keep adding on one thing leads to another. And George, I know you've done some homework on this. So why don't you walk us through how this incrementalism has worked? Yeah, so before Sikas <clears throat> was around, you, you really... Um, America as as a whole had a certain moral standard for abstinence when it comes to sex. And that, that sex is uh, God's gift to uh, a couple who wants to get married. And within the confines of, of marriage, you are able to uh, have that degree of intimacy. Well, when Sikas uh, came on the, um, on the horizon here and into the picture, um, they wanted to shift from abstinence-only education to, you know what, we, we need to talk about abstinence plus something else. Uh, we need our, our kids to understand a little bit more. Uh, and then after that, it wasn't just good enough that they had abstinence plus sex ed. They said, well, we should just keep sex ed and remove the abstinence part because the abstinence part uh, is immoral. It's not working. Uh, and then after they removed the abstinence part, it wasn't just good enough for sex ed, meaning just biology and anatomy. Uh, now they needed to add in the gay and the lesbian um, elements back in the 80s and the 90s because of the AIDS 
you know, pandemic, epidemic. Um, and then after they were able to accomplish that, they're like, well, that's not good enough anymore. We need to add sex ed with gay and lesbian, AIDS, HIV, STD stuff, uh, plus LGBTQ plus. And then after that, it was add in, forget sex ed. Sex ed is way in the past. Yeah. Now we need comprehensive sexuality education. Uh, which adds in abortions. And now they're saying, well, wait up. Even if you're able to give a child all of this in their CSE class, it's still limited in its impact if you don't provide them the affirming health care, reproductive health care that they need, which is a euphemism for abortions, yes. for um, you know, hormone therapy, for sex change surgeries, for for all of this madness the whole panoply and and what's interesting to me is also the timing of this theme in their mid-year reports because this is also the time where we are starting to see hospitals partner with local school districts and school boards to come in and provide these kind of Reproductive mental health care. That's right. It's a big business. It's a big business. In fact, here in Orange County, over the last year and a half, Chalk Hospital, the Children's Hospital of Orange County, is partnered with multiple school districts. I think at least already seven out of the 28 school districts in Orange County have a contract with Chalk to provide these kind of mental health care. It's mind-numbing, George, when you think about how far we've come in the last 50 years. You know, I remember a time when really sexual relations and and the, the sexual act was never even mentioned in public school. And sexual education didn't happen until you reached high school biology, and then it was very uh, sort of abstract. You know, they were talking about human anatomy and and human reproduction, but always sort of in the abstract and focusing on the on the organs and actually what happens. But abstinence wasn't even discussed really in the 1950s because it was understood in culture that that was a discussion the children had with their parents, with their grandparents, never in the context of a public education system. And to hear what you have just outlined for us, that we've gone from abstinence teaching to sex ed, to sex ed without any reference to abstinence whatsoever. And now we introduced uh, the whole gay and lesbian agenda into sex ed, and one thing leads to another, and now we're into full-on mental health service services, uh, puberty blockers, uh, cross-sex hormones that ultimately leads to a sterilization and a life that has changed forever. You can never go back, as Abigail Schreier points out in, in her book, Irreversible Damage. Yep. And this, for me, right now, I think is is kind of like, okay, I, I think this is probably the climax. I, I can't think of the next incremental step, um, you know, other than, you know, our state going full Marxist and the kids now belong to the state. Uh, and the state gets to make all of those decisions, which they are already partially doing because these doctors that are coming in and affirming a child's, you know, mental illness, but they're affirming it in the wrong way. 
um, are, are able to make these decisions and provide these therapies without parental knowledge or consent. And the irony, George, is that all the evidence points out that if children are left alone, if, if they are experiencing some kind of gender dysphoria, um, in 61 to 98 percent of all cases, it resolves by itself, you know, by the time they get into their later teenage years and certainly by early adulthood. But now we have this medical term of art that's being used everywhere, and it's called gender affirming care or gender transition affirming care. And you hear this everywhere, which means we can never challenge a child's sense of gender dysphoria. We have to encourage them to take the next step, Whatever their gender identity is, we need to go with it yeah. and, and provide medical services. Yeah, this is, this is next level crazy. But there's another theme, isn't there, that they pointed out in their mid-year report. Yes, and this theme for me has actually been consistent, and I want to point it out because I think this one should drive parents mad uh, because it's been there for at least over the last three and a half years since I've been reading these reports. Uh, and I've actually perused through their reports going back to, I think, like 2016. So at least for the last five years. And I quote here on page 13 of 45. Policies that mandate written permission from a parent or guardian before a student can participate in sex education or a specific portion of sex education, also known as opt-in policies, present another barrier to young people receiving comprehensive sex education. There's that word again, barrier. Parents, you are a barrier. And that's the most concerning for me. It's, it's a consistent theme throughout all of the <clears throat> legislative reports. Whenever they talk about opt-in policies, um, which are different from opt-out policies, and I just want to unpack that real quick. So an opt-out policy is where the school has a particular... Um, you know, curriculum, and if you don't want your child to receive that instruction, you actually have to write a, you know, sign a form. Which is what we have here in California. Correct. But the other way to do this is to have an opt-in policy, which is if you don't sign that form and the teacher never gets that form signed, that means the child automatically is kept out of that instruction. Which is the way it used to be done and is still done in many states across the nations for these controversial subjects. Exactly. So Sikas thinks that that is absolutely horrific to have an opt-in policy and that we as parents become the barrier to our children receiving comprehensive sexuality education. And this really plays into um, what what is known as Planned Parenthood's Sexual Rights Declaration, because in the Sexual Rights Declaration, they say that sexual rights are equal to human rights. And one of the 10 sexual rights is the right to education, mm. specifically comprehensive sexuality education. That's right. So any parent or policy that hinders a child's sexual right, which is a child's human right to receive comprehensive sexuality education, is a violation of their human rights. And this is why, George, in the California Framework for Comprehensive Sexuality Education, these ideas of conventional modalities of sexual relations between a man and a woman are taught now as negative 
gender stereotypes and may even be signs of, quote, spiritual abuse. Well, where are those negative gender stereotypes and spiritual abuse coming from? It's coming, of course, from parents, right? And so this is just, Sikas is doubling down on this whole idea that parents, you need to be removed from the educational process, the educational equation altogether. You need to get, you need to get out of it. Exactly, Mark. And and so for me, you know, this whole idea of the ever evolving messaging of the sexual revolution, um, you know, they, they cannibalize themselves. Uh, certain things are never good enough. In fact, um, and I didn't have it written down here, but it just hit me right now. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, the ACLU was caught misquoting Ruth Bader Ginsburg because in 1993, when she was going through her confirmation hearings, she mentioned a quote which had to deal with abortion, and she used, uh, I think, the word uh, women's rights. Well, right now we know that, according to Sikis and Planned Parenthood, uh, men can get pregnant too. That's right. And so Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the ACLU, removed the the word women and they inserted the word people. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Because they're not... Their own revolutionaries from the past are not revolutionary enough. No. And they don't even know how to change sometimes their quotes so that way they are gender inclusive. It's crazy what's going on. So they're changing the past. They're changing the past. It's like that old Soviet joke. The future we know. It's the past that keeps changing. Exactly. But the nomenclature is now changing too, George. You you, uh, pointed out this article in the New York Times that is equating abortion rights with trans rights. In fact, what did they call it? They're calling it that abortion rights and trans rights are two sides of the same coin. It's incredible. So for our, our, our audience, please pay attention to these organizations like SICUS that are changing the mindset of public education across the country. They've been around for a very long time. They're very powerful. And they are against you. They are working against your interest and, more importantly, against your children's interest. So, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. So, until next time, we look forward to seeing you. Bye now. You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.